I'm excited. How many of you are excited to get into the Word? So I was making my wife laugh last night. You want to hear a couple of my deals I made her laugh? Because we could both identify with this, with, uh, with math, because we didn't like math in school. How many of you just did not enjoy math? Got, yeah, a few of you. So, so this is why, this person says, this is why I hated math. In class, five plus five is 10. Homework, 734 plus 55 plus 432 over 69 equals 12.42. And then the test. Here, how about this for a test? With two sheep flying, one yellow and the other headed right, how much does a pound of asphalt cost given the cow is 10 years old? <laughs> that one. Figure that one out, Mike. <laughs> so what about this one? You know those robot things that, that you know, you have to... You have to prove you're not a robot when you do stuff online. This person said, we thought it was our ability to love that made us human. It turns out that it's actually our ability to select an image containing the stoplight. (laughs) This is, my cousin posted these. He's kind of funny. Um, here's Here's the last one. Can't stop thinking about people, the first people who ate mushrooms. And they found out, you know, just through trial and error, what mushrooms were like. This one tastes like beef. This one killed Brian immediately. And this one makes you see God for about a week. Oh, and then my personal favorite, waitress. How did you find your steak, sir? Me. I just looked next to the potatoes and there it was. All right, yeah, okay. Let's turn over to John 16 and, and pray for me, would you? We... We have been talking about the Holy Spirit. Uh, Last week, if you missed it, Pastor Joseph Wilson was here from India, Mysore, India, and he is an amazing guy, Um, and he shared some incredible things, and I I, want to encourage you to go back and watch that if you were not able to see it. Pastor Joseph um, is someone that we just very much respect and admire because of the climate where he's having church. And so we're supporting him for this next year. We've committed as a church to support them for this next year. And let me tell you, he was really blessed last week. You guys really stepped up and blessed him. And so I want to thank you uh, for helping us bless him. But before that, we were talking about the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit on Sundays. We've been talking about it on Wednesday nights. And we've learned a few things about the Holy Spirit. One is that he's our comforter, right? So that word comfort is, doesn't that sound just cozy? You know, it just sounds like, like we have comfort food. We have comfortable shorts. Come on, that comfortable sweatshirt you put on and you lounge in. You know, you've got your comfortable bed. But I think the Holy Spirit is our comforter for another reason. It's because you're going to experience discomfort. What's outside of your comfort zone? Discomfort, right? Anything in your life that produces is going to make you uncomfortable. That's why you need a comforter. And then we also learned that the Holy Spirit is our helper. So he helps us in every situation. When we acknowledge him, we get help. You know, oftentimes kids don't get help in school because I I know I didn't when I didn't raise my hand. I had to raise my hand to get help, right? We have to acknowledge the Holy Spirit. But he's also the revealer. 
He reveals the word of God to us. Have you ever been reading your Bible and something just highlights on the page? And it jumps off the page at you and you realize this is a word for me. Or you had a question a couple weeks ago and suddenly you find a verse that answers the question. It pops off the page. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is inside of you and he's that revealer that he reveals. The, there's, the, there's the revealed word of God, which is what we have right here. But then there's the hidden will of God. So depending on how I steward the revealed will of God, determines how much of the hidden will of God that will be known to me. How about that one? Chew on that one for a while, but I'm not preaching on that right now. So John 16 verse 13 says this. It says, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. So this is another thing that we're learning that the Holy Spirit is and that he's your guide. He is our guide. So Let's look at verse 7 and 8. Are you there in John 16? Okay. It says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I go away, the, if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So the Holy Spirit is also, in being a guide, he convicts of sin. Why is that important? Because conviction is never to condemn, to bring shame, to make you look bad. Conviction has one purpose. It's to produce correction in your life. It's to course correct you. Have you, ever, uh, have you ever thought about how much, there, there's so much calculation that goes in to an airplane flying from one city to another, leaving one airport and landing at another airport. When Zach was 13 years old, we had a neighbor um, who lived near us, and he was a pilot. And on Zach's 13th birthday, because he was so into airplanes, he said, I'm going to take you down and, and we're going to sit in the simulator of the Airbus 300. And that was the airplane that he flew. Now, this multi, multi-million dollar simulator uh, was calibrated to feel just like an Airbus 300. Like they could simulate, you know, birds hitting the engine. They could simulate wind turbulence. They could simulate losing all your engines and taking a nosedive. They could, and you could land in any airport across the United States. You could take off or land in any airport. And it was just crazy, you know, and you would look and you'd see the windows and the cars off in the distance. I mean, it was so well done. It was pretty amazing, especially at night. During the day, you know, you could start looking kind of like Toy Story 1. But at night, it was really, anyway. So, but here's, here's my point. As we were flying in this simulator, he began to talk to me about all the calculations that he has to make before he can make a flight. He has to know what the weather's going to be, what the... You know, what the airspeed is going to be, what height he's going to be able to fly at. And he said, depending on if I'm flying overseas, I, you know, you have to calculate the, the, the rotation of the earth comes into play because you've been in the air for so long. And, and, and then he talked about going down the runway and how fast he had to be going because of the cargo that he's carrying, the weight that he's carrying, how long he, you have to go down the runway, what speed you need to be at before you can pull back on the stick and actually get it up in the air. But once you get that plane in the air, something constantly is going on in the background. 
course correction. Why? Because you want to end up at the correct destination. You don't want to fly from XNA to San Diego and wind up in Seattle, right? And so you have to have constant course corrections. Well, this is the Holy Spirit. He's the course corrector for us. He's the one that when we acknowledge him, he shares with us which direction to go and how to get there and what our destination, so that we arrive at the right destination, amen? So conviction produces correction, and this is that course correction, amen? In Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it's one of my favorite verses in the Bible, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, and in all of your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. He can't direct my paths, again, unless I'm acknowledging him, unless I'm involving him in what I'm doing. How many of you have ever heard of OnStar? GM, General Motors, they put this now, they, well, they started way back in, what, 2005, somewhere around there, started putting them in all the vehicles. And so the OnStar, they used to have a package called the Directions and Connections Package. So they had turn-by-turn navigation. So it was audible, and they would talk to you. And once you made the first turn, they would tell you the the next turn, and they would navigate you. And this is what the Holy Spirit does, is he wants to navigate you. But I want to point out something. I mentioned this to our setup team this morning, and that's in Proverbs 16. Turn over there. You know, sometimes it's important, even though we have Scripture memorized, to go back and put your eyes on it again so it can refresh your memory. Because sometimes it's like an old movie you haven't seen in a while, you know, and you think you remember what it was like, and then you go back and watch it and go, oh, I don't remember that was in there. Proverbs 16, verse 9. It says this, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. A man's heart plans his way. So I want to point out something to you. This is a man that's already moving. He's made plans in his heart and he's walking toward them. Now God is gonna get to direct his steps. You know, you can sit in the driveway with your vehicle and you can turn it all you want. Especially now with power steering, you can turn the wheels all the way around. You know, back in my day, you could break your, or when I was a kid, you could break your arm trying to get some of those cars that didn't have power steering, you know. Um, But you can turn it, but it does no good sitting in the driveway. Why? You've got to be moving somewhere. You've got to be walking towards something. And so you make your plans because oftentimes people are sitting around and they're waiting on God. All the while, God is waiting on them. You have a heart. You can make plans based on what you have in your heart. And believe me, if you're off course, he's going to nudge you back. Because the Holy Spirit, he's the one that nudges, that prods, that prompts, you know. He's the one that helps you align your life with the right destination. Amen? Amen. So, don't wait on God. He's waiting on you. Be that car that's in drive. Be that one that's moving out on what he's put in your heart. So, so once we're moving and we allow him to make those corrections, it's kind of like the Pony Express, If you've done any reading or studying about the Pony Express, you know, these guys were amazing. You know, they would ride these horses and they would go from supply house to supply house. Why? Because when they got to a supply house, sometimes their horse was out of, 
you know, was all run out. And so they needed a fresh horse and they needed fresh supplies. They needed water and, and, and camping stuff to be able to make it to the next supply house so that you could get your mail. And oftentimes, if, we're, if these guys were on the wrong path, then they wouldn't intersect with that supply house. They wouldn't get what they needed because they're off course. But if they stay on the path, they intersect with that. So what I'm, what I'm saying in that is when you step out and you start moving forward and he's allowed, the Holy Spirit can then make course corrections in your life, then what that means is you're gonna intersect with opportunities. You're gonna intersect with the right person to marry. You're gonna intersect with the things that God wants you to intersect with in your life. That's how Nicole and I wound up here in Springdale. It's just simply an intersection of where God was leading us. We're following him. Amen. Yeah, thanks for that one little whoop. Okay. <laughs> Proverbs, that was funny. Proverbs 12. Proverbs 12, verse 1. Well, Phil, I'm good with course correction, but that, that feels like correction to me. I don't, I don't enjoy correction. Well, I'm going to... I'm going to, I'm going to correct you in that. Yeah, <laughs> somebody said that. No, I'm just going to encourage you with this scripture and let the scripture bring correction. <laughs> Here it is in Proverbs 12, verse 1. It says, whoever loves, correct, whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. I just as New King James Version. This isn't even the passion or the message or something. This is New King James. This is Holy Spirit. Who wrote the Bible? Holy the Holy Spirit. What is he calling you if you don't like correction? Stupid. <laughs> Thank you. Stupid. <laughs> he said that. I didn't. So, but here's the deal. There's a big difference between correction and punishment. Okay. Punishment is a repayment because you did this to me, I'm gonna do this to you. Here's what correction is. I'm gonna read it to you out of the Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible. It says this, correction, like discipline, is learning that molds character and enforces correct behavior. From, a, from the Latin word meaning instruction or training. To discipline a person or a group means that you put them in a state of good order so that they function in the way intended. One who learns by following. That's correction. That's what correction, it's what correction is designed to produce in you. No correction feels good. When did correction ever feel good in your life? But it's what it produces in you. I remember when we used to correct our kids and, and what Nicole and I were looking for was not tears, was not sorrow. What we were looking for was the change of heart, the heart change. And I've encouraged parents when I've talked to them that, you know, that's what you're looking for when you correct your children is, I'm looking for a heart change. I, it's not that I want you to cry a lot. I want to see a pivot and a heart change that I'm, I was heading in this direction and I repent and now I'm going to head in this direction. It's a, it's a change in thinking. Now, turn over to Hebrews chapter 12 because we're going to read 
about how God corrects his kids. Aren't you thankful for God's correction in your life? Good. Hebrews 12, look at verse five. It's good to see everybody today. Hebrews 12, look at verse five. It says, have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my children, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes everyone he accepts as his child. Verse seven, as you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who was never disciplined by its father? If God doesn't discipline you as, uh, as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and not really his child at all. And then verse 11, no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. Can I hear a big amen? It's painful. But afterward, everybody say, but afterward. Uh huh. There will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in its way. Could it be that the Holy Spirit is trying to fine tune you? To drive rebellion out of your heart so that you can walk in his plan and his will for your life? Because rebellion will stop his plan from taking place in your life. When you put other things before God, when you decide to be led by other things instead of God's plan for your life, instead of the whole direction of the Holy Spirit and allowing him to guide you? Mm. See, love course corrects, amen? So Proverbs 3, verse 12, I'm gonna read it to you out of the easy to read version. It says, the Lord corrects the one that he loves, just as a father corrects the child he cares about. You remember Saul? talking about rebellion. Remember Saul? God raised him up, made him king, put him in a place of authority, and then he gave him command what to do. And when he did, Saul disobeyed. You remember he presented the sacrifice before Samuel got there? And Samuel gave him an opportunity to repent. He said, what have you done? Why have you done this? And he explained to him, he said, because I was moved by people. He allowed the people of Israel to sway him. And because he didn't repent, he apologized. He was sorry, but he didn't repent. Repent means you're heading in one direction and you turn completely around, you go the opposite direction. What happened? God took his spirit away from Saul. Why? He rebelled against God's command. And when we rebel against God's word, the instructions that he's already given us, it's, it's interesting how, how many of us are looking for words of prophecy or we're looking for, you know, some external leading, a sign, you know. <laughs> my, one of my friends posted a, a post in this meme and it was a picture of a cloud and it was this guy that was looking up at the cloud and the cloud looked like a fish. And he said, yes, Lord, I hear that sign. I'm supposed to go fishing. You know, <laughs> I don't, 
Yeah, I mean, what did Jesus say? He said, a wicked and perverse generation seek a sign. That's not good. That goes along with stupid, <laughs> you know, that you're seeking a sign to be led by a sign. Where's the very first place that we are led as Christians? It's the word. It's his revealed will. He wrote it down for us in new and uh, old and New Testament form so that you and I could apply it so that we could renew our mind. This is why Joshua 1a says to meditate on this day and night. Why? So that you can observe to do according to all that is written in it. Why? Because then you're, you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success in your life. Oh, I want, I want good success in my life. I want to be profitable for the kingdom of heaven. Amen? So Saul, he wasn't. And so what happened? God's spirit was taken from him. And then the evil spirit came in. Mm, man. So there's a secret sauce in all this. And what is it? Remain teachable. Remain teachable. I'm, I'm always so impressed with guys that I meet who are older, who are still learning. You know, Lance Johnson's not here, so let's talk about him. What do you say? So Lance, Lance impresses me because he'll go away like they just went on a trip. And I'm sure he said, I already have my list of books I'm taking with me. And what impresses me about Lance is he'll read four or five books on this trip that he went on. Why? Because he's constantly learning. He has postured himself in his heart in a position to remain teachable. When we remain teachable, the Holy Spirit can lead us and, and guide us and direct us. And we're being moved by him because we're pliable. That's why, that's why God wants us to have a heart of flesh, tender, sensitive, pliable, willing to follow his leading. Amen? Job chapter five, verse 17 says this. Becca, come help me. Please. Thanks, Becca. Job chapter five, verse seven says this. It says, behold, happy is the man whom God corrects. You want to be happy? Allow the correction of God to fix what's going on in your heart. Therefore, do not despise the chastening of the Almighty. My, my wife, Nicole, she cracks me up a lot. And uh, one of the things that she used to do, she's, she used to call these certain guys fix-it men. They're fix-it men. I said, why do you call them fix-it men? She said, because they're always fixing to do something. I'm fixing to go here. I'm fixing to go this. So, so she said... She calls them fix-it men. Well, when her mom, Nicole, one of the reasons that Nicole is, is very um, determined about her health, eating healthy, you know, staying, exercising, and, and maintaining, you know, a healthy lifestyle is because of her mom. Her mother was, you know, she was, she was larger and she... She liked those McDonald's shakes. Man, how many of you? Oof. I mean, they are pretty good. <laughs> but she, you know, she really liked them. And so it would bother Nicole that her mom would eat the way that she ate. And, you know, her size was reflective of that. And 
And so I used to hear her on the phone with her mom. Mom, don't eat like that. Don't do that. And she would really be trying to encourage her mom to change her lifestyle, to change the way that she was eating. Why? Because she wants her mom to be around for a while. And there was a point that Nicole came to me and she had tears in her eyes. She'd just gotten off another phone call with her mom and she was frustrated that she just wasn't making any progress because her mom really didn't want to change that. And she said, the Holy Spirit just convicted me. He said, to lay down the issues and just love your mom. Quit trying to fix her and let the Holy Spirit be the one that fixes her. And so Nicole did. She stepped back from that and she laid it down. From that moment forward, I never heard another conversation about her mom's health, about the way her mom ate, you know, about any of that. And it's not our job to fix people. I loved what Billy Graham said. He said, it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict, God's job to judge, and it's my job to love. I'm not, in a, I'm not in a position to fix other people. And if I've ever come across that way, I, I apologize now. I have not meant to come across that way because I'm not in that position. The Holy Spirit is though. And if you and I will listen to the Holy Spirit, then He'll bring us to where we need to be in our health, in our education, in our career, in who we marry. How many of you think it's important who you marry? Big deal. You need to know. (laughs) And he will guide, lead and guide. I'm so thankful that I had no idea that God led me to Nicole. When I'd gone out with Nicole for the first time, we had so much fun. We laughed continually. The whole night, we just busted up cracking at each other the whole night and it was so much fun and then she moved away to Phoenix I didn't see her for four years four years later my best friend her sister had stayed and attended Oral Roberts University my best friend at the time was dating her and I didn't even know it and he introduced me to her one night and I said I know Camlin how's Nicole you know and uh, she said well she's doing good you know and, she, and I decided I'm going to write Nicole a letter. And I wrote Nicole this letter, and she wrote me back. And then we started writing. This is 1991. <laughs> no cell phone, you know, cell phones you carried in a bag. And only the, only the billionaires had cell phones back then, you know, or the millionaires. But, you know, we, we called each other once a week. I had a $400 a month phone bill. Yeah. And she did too, 400 bucks a month. Wow, how's that for a cell phone bill? That's, that's just long distance on a landline, you know? And we would sit and, and we knew we could talk for an hour. That was it. Because when the hour was over, it was time to get off the phone. And we did all kinds of things. We'd go outside and look at the moon together because we were a thousand miles away and we could look at something that we could both see, you know? And why am I telling you all this? I'm sorry. What was I talking about? Oh, yeah. We're talking about course corrections. But the point is, is that the Holy Spirit directed that relationship the way that happened. I could not have put it together that way. 
he just choreographed it. And it was confirmation after confirmation after confirmation. And, and by the time it was time to get married, I knew in my inner man. I mean, was I, did I still have concerns about things? Sure. But I knew this is the woman God wants me to marry. And both of us had come to a place where Matthew 6.33 became our anthem. You know what Matthew 6.33 says? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. For me, that meant a wife would be added to me. And both of us, she had come out of a really bad relationship. I had come out of just loser relationships, really. You know, we just weren't right for each other. And we both had come to a place where we said, God, all we want is you. Man, there's so much in this life that pulls on you. And it tries to drag you over here and it tries to pull you over here. And it tries to get you thinking about this. This is one of the reasons I'm not on social media. I know we have a social media page, but I'm hardly ever on there. Why? Because it pulls me in different directions. And I told Nicole the other day, I said, man, I see how social media can really wreck a person's day. They could see something, hear something, know about something. I mean, dear God, I found out my youth pastor got remarried and it shocked me. Because I could have lived the rest of my life very happily and not known about that situation, babe. <laughs> but social media, thanks to social media. No, social media I know is, it's got its place. And there's some good parts to it. But here's my point, is that when you and I are being pulled in all of these different directions, what's happening is we're being pulled like Martha was. Martha was busy making tacos. Jesus didn't order, right? She was busy hosting. But where was Mary? Mary was at his feet. So it's up to you. Do you want what he has for you? Or are you going to allow yourself to be pulled? And make decisions based on what looks good, what sounds good, what where the experience is. Because we all have experiences in our lives, young or old. You have experiences in your life, but you need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that will direct you to get wisdom. I remember one time I had paid, we had had, I was working for a company and they'd had an insurance person come in and because the company was smaller, it was a different kind of insurance plan. And so, it got taken out of my check, but it got paid through the company. It was a real weird situation, but it was the money that was from my check that was paying for it. And I didn't even know that it was being taken out. I didn't even realize I'd signed up for it. And at the, so far in, after, after Nicole and I were wondering why this money was missing out of our account, we finally started investigating and found out it was being pulled by this insurance company. The insurance, I didn't even, choose to be a part of and so they wrote a refund check well the refund check they gave because it came out of the company's name they wrote it to the company well I knew the owner and he was he was not a very uh, he didn't have a lot of character this guy he was a character he didn't have needed character but he was a character and so he decided he said you know I just figure you know you've You've done some things in the company where, uh, 
you know, I'm, I'm just going to hang on to this money because I feel like you owe me. So I hit my knees. I got off the phone. And how many of you know you have an opportunity now? I can be mad. And, I mean, and I can exchange eye for eye, tooth for tooth. But I didn't. I got on my knees and I said, Lord, you know the situation. I don't know what to do. I need your help. Holy Spirit, he's our helper. And so he said, call so-and-so. So I called so-and-so. And he said, well, he said, Phil, if it was me, here's what I would do. I would call him back. And he gave me a instructions of what to say. Say this, say this. He said, but here's what I want you to end with. He said, and just so you know, I have, I have the, I had the receipt statements from this money being pulled out of my account. And he said, but end with this, say, and you know, you realize this is a felony, right? He said, I want you to end with that. So I didn't have wisdom. I was young. I needed wisdom. Holy Spirit directs me to him. Now I gain wisdom. I make this phone call. We have a short conversation. And he says, send, he said, come and get your check. I'll have it waiting for you. Outcome changed. I'm no longer mad or having opportunity to be mad, which I never, I never got there, but it did, you know, oh, we got my blood pumping, but the Holy Spirit helped me walk that out. The Holy Spirit, he wants to be involved in every part of your life. He wants to help you. I want to end with this. This is Philippians 1.6. Very familiar verse, read it to you out of the Passion. It says, I pray with great faith for you because I'm fully convinced that the one who began this gracious work in you will faithfully continue, continue and process the process of maturing you until the unveiling of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is what Holy Spirit wants to do in you is he wants to help you mature in him. He wants you and I to become so sensitive to him that we, man, that these proddings, these nudges, these promptings are not just, you know, annoyances or I feel like something, but no, you pay great attention to it because you realize what that is. That you and I come to that place where we're so sensitive, we can sense his voice every time in every situation in every circumstance. Because when we obey this, then the hidden will of God is available to us. But if we're not obeying this, oftentimes people say, you know, Phil, I pray and I don't hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Well, how much of your Bible are you reading? Because he's talking to you here. Amen. So, I want to pray for everybody here. Would you bow your heads all around the room? <clears throat> I don't want to embarrass anybody, and so for that, I'm asking everyone to, to, to not look around for a moment, to honor the presence of the King here. Maybe your life is headed on a course 
Spirit has not been able to change the course. He's talked to you. He's prompted, prodded. Maybe you haven't wanted to change, but you recognize this morning that you want to allow Him to make corrections. It may be a decision that you're making. It may be in a relationship that He's asking you to adjust or Whatever it is, I don't need to know. My job is to pray so the Holy Spirit can move. But there needs to be a repentance that happens and that we get back on track and that we no longer course correct ourselves, but we allow Him to course correct us. If that's you and you want prayer, would you raise your hand all around the room? Nobody looking around. If that's you and you say, yeah, that's me. for every person here. Lord, I thank you for your presence. I thank you that you are with us, that you are leading, guiding, and directing us. Lord, we submit to your plan, to your will, in your word, and we thank you, Lord, for your revealed will being known and your hidden will being known. Father, I pray perfect will would be accomplished in every person here. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, 